0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next Podcast? Riley Shepherd, Bryce Wyatt, here to bring you another installment of everything happening in the sports and music world into one. Been off the last two weeks. So sorry about that. I was on a family vacation, so we weren't able to record, but yeah, Bryce, anything anything happened exciting the last couple weeks?
1: You want to no, yeah. tell the people? <laughs> good, good to be back. Good to be back. in the last two weeks I got COVID nineteen, so that's fun. Um, uh, fortunately enough, though, because of you know our age and great health, uh, I I wasn't really too affected by it. Kind of just got a a slight cold and just obviously stayed. I'm still staying inside for like two straight weeks and kind of going crazy, to be honest, and watching a lot of reality TV. So any, (laughs) any, any shows you want to recommend? Listen, if you haven't already binged every season of survivor, you're missing out. Okay. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, no, I, you know, I've kind of been watching everything. Uh New Girl, oh, which is like a, a comedy. Oh, one of the <laughs> funniest shows ever, actually. I never really had given it a chance, and so like one of my friends was watching it, and that show is so funny. I, I um, I'm a huge,
0: a huge comedy fan. Those are those are really the only shows that I watch. I mean, uh, the Office, The Office, Friends. Brooklyn Nine Nine, oh, if you haven't watched Brooklyn Nine Nine of
1: all time, it's
0: that's that's that should be the next one you watch after New Girl. Brooklyn
1: Nine Nine good. I have seen like some of it. I, I've never like really been a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of Andy Samberg. Is that yeah. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of him to be honest. Um, but I will agree with you on. Comedy TV is probably my favorite type of TV overall. Just sitcoms are so good. Yeah. The Office, Parks and Rec are two of my favorite shows ever. I don't know if you've seen Superstore. It's like, it's still going on, like, on NBC right now. And uh, it is actually hilarious. Probably the funniest thing NBC's had since like I always Office.
0: see it on um, Hulu, I the previews for it, but I've never given it a chance. So that that might be the
1: next one I definitely give that a shot. The Good Place is also okay. really good. Um, that that just finished, I think it's fifth season, like recently. So I don't know. Yeah, just kind of been watching TV and you know. There really hasn't been a whole lot going on here. I, you know, I just been bored. Hope I want to finally get back out into right. the world. Like I'm sick of it already.
0: and no, that's that's the biggest thing is that obviously, obviously, like it's it's for every other every other person's best interest that you that you stay in. But luckily, luckily, we have. Some sports starting back up this week, I mean, uh, MLB has just agreed upon their deal, which we're going to talk about later, but the NBA released their full schedule, which will start July 30th, definitely want to talk just a couple things that I want to highlight in that, which is the Raptors schedule, who the defending champs second seed out in the East But their schedule going into this, which was the one that I really noticed when I was kind of going through the entire schedule, their schedule's tough. They have games against real the Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers, Grizzlies, Heat, Bucks, Magic, and 76ers. All of those teams right now are in the eighth seat in their respective conference. Just the the easiest mm-hmm. game probably being the Magic, who are thirty and thirty-five right now, right there with the Grizzlies, who are the eight seed out west, thirty-two and thirty-three. The Raptors are a lot of people's favorites to not only make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but also to knock off the Bucks in the Conference Finals. Yeah, which, that's going to be a tough which one. Which I could see how. I mean that this schedule they they for the most part have the 2 seed out east locked up but this this schedule really if anything is going to strengthen those odds i don't know how you feel about yeah, that but
1: I, I would agree i think if they can get through this schedule they would have a much better chance of uh of getting into that eastern conference finals and p- potentially you know getting a burst to the finals. I think that this is really tough schedule. It really all depends on how the rest of the NBA plays this eight games. That's a big part of it. Yeah. And whether, whether or not, you know, obviously everyone needs to get back into the groove. So I'm not saying, I don't think that any team is going to really sit out a big star, but a team like the Lakers, a team like the Clippers, a team like even the Celtics and even Toronto in certain situations, like, they don't have to really perform that well in these first eight games. So it's a matter of, like I said, will they put their full energy, full effort into these eight games before they get into the intense seven-game series that the NBA playoffs are? Or you know, will they put it all on the line just straight from the beginning? And we all know just in a regular NBA season, it does take a little bit of time to ramp up and to get to your full potential. So none of these teams, in all honesty, I could see, you know, I I, I could see the Wizards winning some of these games. It's almost like an expedition season in a way. Like it's like they've had so much time off; they haven't had very much like training time. So it's a lot. It's a lot to do with how fast do you ramp up? How fast can you play well together? Like that type of stuff. I, I don't necessarily think that. You know, I, I I don't know if these eight games for the top teams are going to be a top priority. Yeah, you yeah,
0: know, for that's right.
1: teams like the Pelicans and teams like you know, even the Magic and yeah, you know, maybe Toronto they could put a little more weight on it, and obviously they need need the win to be there. So it's kind of a tough situation. It, it, yeah. I definitely think that the schedule that Toronto has. Uh, could help them out in the long run uh, based on how they perform.
0: Especially for a team like Toronto, who has been dealing with a lot of injuries this season and hasn't really – haven't really had a lot of chances to play their normal starting lineup, which is competitive enough to stop Giannis. You know, they have – Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, they have, and they're big. Serge Ibaka and Marcus Soul Those, that's a lineup that could contain Giannis, and it, and for the Bucks, they need guys. They need Chris Middleton to step up, a, a player who, oh yeah, and a lot of eyes is is a good player, but is being paid like a great player. And, Mm -hmm. and that, and, and even Eric Bledsoe is another one that those two players, we all know Giannis is going to step up in the playoffs. We all know he's going to be the best player on the floor every night, but to have a championship team, which the Raptors are, a lot of people seem to forget about that. And they're keep, and they're, they have outside of, Obviously, Kawhi Leonard. They have their entire team back from last year, and their sure. coach back from last year, who could, in my eyes, should win Coach of the Year
1: in Nick Nurse. Yeah, I, I definitely with the Bucks. I definitely think that Giannis is the man on that team. No matter, like, there's really no one else that compares to him. Um, there's a lot of role players on that team, really good role players, probably the best in the NBA. But yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like these players are getting paid money as if they are superstars, but they're not really that – they're nothing that special. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to be able to take a team to the finals by themselves. Um, but, you know, you have other teams like the Lakers who have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, two players who I think alone can take certain teams, you know, to certain heights, and I think that with the Bucks, they really only have Giannis. So that's and going to be interesting to of, see. A, a I, 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 see. I've never been a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. Honestly, I know a lot of people are really high on them going into this playoffs, and I, I do think Giannis is probably the best in the NBA right now. But I, I don't know. Like like we were saying, like I don't think it's a one man show, especially in seven game series like that, it's kind of hard to, you know, do much if you don't have like some supporting people that are also super I think that was
0: that was their biggest problem last last season in the playoffs when they they went up 2 0 against the Raptors and they they eventually ended up losing that series. And a lot of that had to do with the weight that was on his shoulders. And I think this is gonna be a big seat or a big playoff run for Eric Bledsoe. Because a lot of people kind of have the same they identify him with somebody who can't step up in the playoffs, which which was someone like Kyle Lowry up until last season, until he proved everybody wrong and stepped up, especially especially in the finals. So this is gonna be a really, really important playoffs for them. And you know if if Eric Bledsoe doesn't step up, I could easily see him being replaced because a lot of people a lot of people don't really realize that Dante Divincenzo is a good player off the bench for the Bucks. Like you said, their their bench yeah. is full of quality players. But another another team that I really wanted to point out. Which we were we were talking about earlier is the Memphis Grizzlies. They're, they're holding on to the final eight seed out west. There's a, they have another schedule that is tough in my eyes, and I could easily see them losing their first four games in that in this shortened eight game season. The first four against the Celtics, the Bucks, the Pelicans, and the Thunder. Mm-hmm. That Pelicans game, outside of op- the in in quotes opening night, the Clippers and Lakers, that's that's probably the second most interesting game in my eyes, which is going to be the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Oh, okay.
1: Totally agree. I think that game is is the one game that's uh, it, it's gonna like kind of. <sighs> It's going to turn the tides, and I think that will kind of tell us who that eighth seed is going to go to um, because you have a lot of teams like kind of getting in for that final spot. But then if you even look, the you have to forget, I mean, the Kings are also in the running as well, and the Kings play the Pelicans yeah. twice. And uh, I, I think that the Grizzlies are going to have a tough run to keep that eighth spot because, if I mean, if I'm right, they're in there right now. Mm. Uh, I think three, three, three and a half separating and a half them from above
0: the, the trail, the trailblazers, the, the trailblazers. Pelicans and the Kings are all
1: tied for ninth. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So it, it's a really, really tough race. And I think that, like I said, for these teams like Memphis and new, new Orleans and even trailblazers, the Kings, these are really important. Eight games. Um, uh, like in eight games is a short that's not very it's, many games you could easily win all eight in right. a row. like that's not that's not really much of an issue i don't think especially when you have to go into the playoffs and you know win a certain amount to even move on so i don't know i'm i'm very intrigued to see where this goes and that's my favorite matchup probably of this whole Thing It would be the Clippers and the Lakers, obviously, but then also I'm really, really excited to see the uh, Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And that that Lakers and Clippers game is going to be even more
0: interesting because the, the Lakers starting shooting guard Avery Bradley announced last week that he will not be participating in these games in Orlando for the health and well-being of his family. Which completely understandable. Nobody, nobody is knocking him on that whatsoever. No. But how do you how do you see that affecting the Lakers? Because I, I think it's a lot bigger of a deal than people seem to think. Avery Bradley is definitely not the offensive player he was in Boston earlier in his career. He's still averaging eight, eight and five for the Lakers and a still a great perimeter defender which he's always been throughout his career. But that's going to be a a big hit for them especially on the defensive end. You know against guys who they're going to be facing out west, you know in the <clears throat> yeah. in the backcourt guys like Russ, you know James Harden,
1: Kawhi. I definitely think that obviously it doesn't it doesn't help to lose someone from your team regardless because I think especially in the NBA, you have players who, yeah, they're role players and they, you know, they're not superstars, but they will kind of help you get to the level you need to be at if you're a superstar. And that's the whole idea behind it. And I think that, yeah, losing, losing him is not good for the Lakers. It doesn't help them at all, but, I also don't think that that is a make or break for them. I I don't think that that is something that could potentially lead to them, you know, not playing well in this upcoming playoffs. I think that they have the star power and even the other people, Alex Caruso, you have, um, uh, trying to think. You have, uh, Rondo and like yeah, the Lakers I think are going to be fine. To be honest, yeah, and that and that really, you know, obviously he's a
0: he's he's a solid player for them, but that just means that these other guys that you mentioned, you know, Alex Caruso, even Danny Danny Green, Contavius Caldwell Pope, all these guys, yeah,
1: Kyle Kuzma,
0: all these guys just need to just need to adapt to that role and they they still have the the supporting cast to do that but but yeah i think it's it's just going to be, put a slightly bigger load on you know the the star power in of anthony davis and lebron another another player that that another notable player there've been quite a few that have that have decided that it's best for them and their family to sit out these games. Uh, but another another notable one that I wanted to point out is David Bertans for the Wizards. Coming, he's coming off a career year, you know, averaging fifteen and four for the Wizards, and just been a he's been a very solid stretch four next to Bradley Beal, who currently, who the Wizards co- currently hold the ninth seed out in the East. Five and a half games back from the Magic, who hold the eighth seed, which realistically, they're probably not going to catch up to the Magic. But David Bertens has been getting a lot of heat on social media for deciding to sit out these games. I kind of want to, I really want to see how you feel about that situation. If you were in his shoes, Playing for the Wizards, what would what would you do?
1: I don't know. Part I I would have a really hard time sitting out in a situation like that. I I definitely think that you're e- even though yes, obviously the Wizards are not very competitive in terms of I I really don't think they're going to get to the playoffs, which also could lead to me wanting to play more because then once you play those eight games you're done like you don't have to stay in the bubble you're not there for very long but also you don't want to go in with the mentality of losing that's it's a tough situation i think that me personally i would not want to do that just because i wouldn't want to let my team down there's a lot of players on that team that you know are going to be there because they have to so it's it's like you know they can't all just sit out. They can't all just say, like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do it this week, this year. Like, that's not that's not a thing. So, I definitely would have a really hard time sitting out and kind of letting my team down in mm-hmm. that way. But also, from his perspective, you know, I hate to judge people on that situation, especially when it comes to, like, if it's better for his family. Like, that's on him. And they've had so much time off. It's kind of once you get in a groove, once you are kind of, you know, have your off season, you're in your off season. So it's hard to get back into that groove. So I I don't necessarily blame him.
0: Yeah. And, and especially for somebody like him, who has, who has dealt with a career of injuries um, and going, going into free agency, this is, this is his contract year. You know, he, he, he's expecting a big contract. So I I completely understand for his perspective as, you know, you don't want to risk not getting the contract you feel that you deserve because he he is going to get a pretty –
1: um i think we lost him i'm not too sure what happened there but um regardless yeah whatever oh, he he deems
0: as so. as better for him and his family you know you just have to
1: respect that so i yeah i totally agree i think that it's really not up i hate when i really really do not like when uh professional athletes get so much crap for making decisions like that. Like I do definitely understand where people are coming from and they, you know, like I said, I would have a hard time doing that myself, but at the same time, it's like you put these people on such a pedestal, you, you leave them to so many more standards that like normal human beings aren't like left to. And it's, yeah, it's right. It's up to him and what's best for his family. And there's nothing that we can say or do about it that would, change his opinion or change his mind, obviously. So it must mean that he's serious about this, you know, yeah, I I really don't blame him at all. Even the teams that are, that. that are
0: out of the playoff picture at the moment, outside of the 22 that were invited to Orlando, the, the other 10 are, have been, there have been rumors of those teams wanting to, have games of their own obviously not fighting for playoff spots but just to you know play play exhibition games against the other teams that are out of playoff picture which is interesting in my eyes i'm not sure if it's yeah. the best best thing to do as far as health for the players as it's already going to be insane how how often they're going to be testing. You know, there there have already been sixteen players the last I checked, which could be more at this point that have tested positive for COVID-19.
1: I think it's sixteen,
0: yeah. Which which you know inviting more players is ultimately going to lead to more positive tests, which I think is just going to put the 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 this NBA season at even more risk, which there's already, there's already been rumors of just this season. Is it even worth it at this point? 16 of the 300 and so players and Adam Silver has came out and announced that they, they will not, the 16 cases that have tested positive will not stop the season. But if it gets to an, to a certain number, then he's, he, has seized that it
1: would be better to just stop the season. Yeah. There's always going to be that chance that I think we don't even have a finish to the season that they restarted. I I think that everything right now in the whole world is so like tentative. It's really hard to like fully make plans and fully count on something actually happening because you never really know to be honest, exactly what's going on or what's going to happen. So I definitely think uh, if more cases were to rise within the NBA and people get exposed in the bubble, then that's something they definitely have to look at and see if it's even worth continuing. Yeah. And and I'm sure everybody would would much rather
0: watch a Lakers Clippers game than a Knicks Pistons matchup. So you know, I think I.
1: I don't want anything to do with the next <laughs> pistons matchup. So,
0: you yeah, know, I think I think it would, it's too much of a risk on its own to re- resume the season like you said there's always going to be the risk that the season never finishes. But exactly but you know, d- I'm done talking about that last night, Cam Newton his fi- his weight was finally over. Finally got a contract with the new England Patriots signing a one-year $7.5 million deal. Former MVP, 2015 MVP, has been waiting since m- the end of March after getting released by the Panthers. After coming off a very unfortunate season where he suffered a season-ending injury, the Patriots lost a pretty decent quarterback this season to the Buccaneers, named Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Just led them to six Super Bowls and three, M- and winning three MVPs of his own. So Cam Newton has some some decently sized shoes to fill. What do you For expect sure.
1: out of the former MVP this year? I I like I was saying earlier. I think that. You know, if any coach in the NFL can turn Cam Newton into something, it would be uh, it would be Bill Belichick. I think this really, he got the guy that he's going to prove to the world whether or not it was all Tom Brady or whether or not it was all Bill Belichick behind the whole success of the New England Patriots. I think that Cam Newton has the potential and has shown that he has the potential as a former MVP – to win Super Bowls and be at that caliber of play. And obviously because of injuries and looming, obviously, you know, interception issues as of recently, uh, he hasn't been up to par. But I think if anyone could get him back to that, it would be Bill Belichick. And I think that's going to be very, very intriguing to see. I grade this as an like an A plus get for them. I think I was kind of just waiting for someone to get Cam Newton, because I feel like not not just his play, but obviously he's a huge name in the NFL. So if you get a player like that, people are going to be talking about you. People kind of stopped talking about the Patriots when Tom Brady sure. left. You know, it's it, it kind of that's just kind of how the the world works. And now I think that cam and the patriots and he's just such a determined hard-working guy i feel like he might get back out there and prove some people wrong yeah, the, yeah. so it's i'm very very after sitting out see that. basically all of last season
0: he's he got the rest that he desperately needed i feel like that that he he's obviously a very mobile quarterback he's been like that throughout his college career at auburn yeah. he's been like that through his NFL career, probably I don't I don't know exactly where he's ranked with getting hit among quarterbacks, but it's got to be up there,
1: top five. Top oh, three. for sure. But most injury risk for sure. The, the his style of play and the question now is I think will Bill Belichick use his like running ability to the you know to his scheme. And will they kind of switch up their offense? Because obviously with Tom Brady, they've never really been an offense that, you know, runs the ball with quarterback very often. You know, do they turn it into like a situation like the Ravens with, uh, you know, with Lamar Jackson and how he runs the ball so much like can Bill Belichick adapt to Cam Newton or will Cam Newton have to adapt to I think Bill I, Belichick's I,
0: system? confidently think that it's it's best for cam newton
1: to adapt to bill belichick you know he you know yeah i would say i would agree with that i think what they probably will end up doing is more of like a like a cam will bring some things into the table and obviously bill belichick will have the final say but it will kind of be a mix of like what the old patriots offense used to be and what obviously Cam Newton can bring to the table because it's something completely different than what Tom Brady brings to the right. table. So No, and and I think I think Cam Newton realized that this past
0: offseason, his career was <laughs> his career close to being over. And I think he realized that. So he he is going to change his play style to play as long as he can. Whether that means being like, oh, a yeah. being a pocket passer, or not, and just not simply running as much as he used to, and that that's going to be tough for him. But like you said, if anybody can coach him to be like that, it's going to be Bill Belichick.
1: Exactly, and I think that this, you know and and that's another thing like we don't even know what the NFL is going to look like it's going to be tough to see if they can even start training camp on time a lot of teams with players are really getting the virus I mean the Cowboys just had a big kind of outbreak and so did the Texans and and the box and so it's like it, it's hard to tell if we're going to even have quite of a normal season in the NFL but Hopefully everything goes as planned. And if they can get out to training camp on time and start that, I think that there will be a good chance. I think now the Patriots went from the team in the AFC East, East, the AFC East, that I, I, I would say probably the Bills would win the AFC East. But now I think with Cam Newton, they have a good chance of coming in and shaking it up a little bit. I think that, that division is going to be really interesting to see. I don't think Jarrett, Jarrett Stidham really has much of a chance there in New England. And, and that's a, uh, that's Cam another Newton. thing with the Patriots signing Cam Newton. It's, it's not the
0: same situation, but I, can only, I just only envision a kind of Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors situation last year. You know, playing for the Spurs for his entire career. Then signing kind of a one year well he he got traded but kind of just having a one yeah. year rental for the Raptors and you saw how that turned out for Toronto you know, winning 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 championship. a championship now I don't see that mm-hmm. the that the Patriots will win the Super Bowl this year that not not only is AFC East going to be more competitive than usual but I just don't think they that they have the sporting cast to do so but. Like I said earlier, it's it's a low risk, high reward kind of situation. If if Cam Newton exceeds expectations, then it's a win, and now they have a replacement for Tom Brady. But if it doesn't, then it's just a one year deal, and they still have Jared sidham and that's just one year, one more year of Jared, Jared sidham getting to learn from Bill Belichick and Cam Newton, who. Now Cam Newton,
1: exactly. I think that that is going to be a really – that's going to be a team to watch in the NFL this next year. Obviously, I think it was regardless with the whole, like, Tom Brady leaving, what's Bill going to do in his first year. But I think that uh, it's going to be really interesting now with Cam there. Cam's such a polarizing player a lot of people really like watching him play. I think that it's going to really, you know, really going to get the eyes who, on the Who Patriots do you, who do
0: you think is going to be the best quarterback in the AFC East now with Cam Newton for the Patriots, uh, Josh Allen for the Bills, Sam Darnold for the Jets, and even Tua Tua, Tua
1: Tagovailoa for the Dolphins. I'm gonna go with I really think that Josh Allen is underrated. I think that I think the Bills still with Cam Newton now, even though I think the Patriots are gonna put up a fight. I think the the Bills are kind of gonna be the favorites to win that division. And I think that Josh Allen, he, he ran the most in that division. And I think it's gonna be interesting. He's a very running quarterback. He leg he led that team in rushing yards last year. And I think that uh, if he can continue to do what he's doing, maybe get a little more accurate with his passes. Um, now they have Stephon Diggs there in Buffalo. Great, great pickup. Uh, Very underrated pickup uh, and, and drafted really well as as well. So I think that I think the Bills are a team to watch out for. They've made the playoffs the last two years now, and uh, I think this is the year that they're finally going to kind of take a step and not just make the wild card, but potentially win the division especially now without Tom Brady and kind of the, you know, the king of the AFC East. So I think it's kind of, but like I said, I mean, now with Cam, I think that if Bill can do what we believe him to be able to do, they might, you know, they might do have, you, have do, something. Do you, do you see their,
0: their pay, their, their playoff run ending this year? Cause I, I do not. I see that. I don't see them winning the AFC East, but. I see them picking up one of the two wild cards this year. Kind of finishing, finishing. I could see them finishing ten. ten I don't and know. Six. I,
1: I, I would have a hard time with that. I think that the AFC East is now a division that I think is becoming a lot more competitive. I, I mean, for think about this: the Miami Dolphins beat the Patriots last year with Tom Brady. Yeah. Like now, they and without two tag of a tag of ILOA. Like, I, I really think that that division and Sam Darnold, even that's with a, the Jets, that's, a, that's is actually a, Yeah, not that's bad. another like, of- I really don't think the Jets are going to be that bad next year. I think they are going to be probably the least competitive in that division, but I don't think they're that bad. They're on the rise. A lot of really young quarterbacks in that division. And even Cam, I saw something yesterday that said he just turned 31, and most NFL quarterbacks have their prime in their 30s now. It seems as though that's kind of the way it's trending. Is like all yeah. the huge quarterbacks winning a bunch of Super Bowls will have their prime in their 30s, and so Cam just got into his 30s. Is it time for his? Is it time for his prime? That, that would be the. <laughs> I, that I would know.
0: possibly. This could possibly be the second. I, I don't want to use the term second career, but that's the only term that I can think of right now because he did have his, his success in Carolina. And obviously, last oh, last season was is. very unfortunate for him. And a lot of people lost faith in him. But, I mean, I don't know if, if you follow him on social media have been
1: seeing what he's posting, but he looks in phenomenal shape. He does. He looks really good. He looks like he's ready to come back. That's what I'm saying. He's a really hard worker. He's a really determined guy. I think if anyone could do it, it'd be Cam Newton. And if any coach could coach him to where he wants him to be, it would be Bill Belichick. Why not one of the best –
0: if not the best coach of all time?
1: The best coach of all time, for (laughs) sure. I mean, I think this year is going to be very telling. And now that Bill kind of has his guy – I think that it's kind of going to be interesting to see who kind of takes over. Did, was it Tom right. all those years or was it Bill Belichick because we really not didn't really get to see much of Bill without Tom and we never got to see Tom without and Bill. I, and I know so... I know you really really want that
0: to be Tom didn't need Bill as a as a buccaneer's fan.
1: Oh, I already I already know the answer to that <laughs> question. I'm just posing it to, you know, to America. I don't I don't have to <laughs> uh yeah, but I I do think that I, this NFL season is going to be one for the books. I I hope I really hope that it seems as though the NFL is the one sport that is fully committed to being on track and not letting anything changed their decisions or what they do and they had the draft on time they had pre workouts on time and now it looks as though training camp is going to be on time so the nfl seems to be the league that is determined to have a season no matter what and i just really 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 hope that nothing messes that up i know that people are getting diagnosed left and right and even the players association is kind of like given play like told players maybe not to practice together so often and uh kind of take a little bit of a break and practice practice on your own or whatever and you've but, been
0: seeing you've seen uh tom tom brady people are still tom, doing it
1: tom is tom out is there out practicing in does, tampa, at tampa high schools with, he does not give a <laughs> nothing yeah. like he is out there coronavirus have not, you have you have you been able to see have you been trying to find tom brady driving around tampa oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> i i i'm not that <laughs> determined to find him but I'll let it, I'll let him do his own <laughs> thing. I'll be hopefully I'll be in the stadium come, you know, September. But you know, and, we'll see. And we'll like see. you like you said, the NFL seems to be the one
0: professional sport that hasn't had problems starting their season. The one sport that has probably had the most problems with starting their season finally agreed upon a solution. Reporting for training camp this Wednesday actually is the MLB all that you Finally. can do you want to do you want to explain this this season the shortened 60 game season
1: yeah this, this is going to be probably one of the most exciting MLB seasons on record in recent history I, I think that obviously in terms of you know the popularity of the sport it might not be great because the month of July is the m l b s month and they're not even getting on track till july like twenty fourth but it is only a sixty game season <coughs> it's uh ten ten team playoffs, which wasn't what the players were hoping for. they were hoping for some more playoff teams to get some more revenue from the playoffs, but they got ten ten playoff teams. Uh they're playing forty games, so ten from each team within their division, and then they're playing twenty games from the opposing division in the National League or the American League in the in the different leagues. Uh universal designated hitter, which is actually I love really that. awesome, I mm-hmm. think. Um that that might be something I think that could stick around for a while. I don't think pitchers hitting Is something that the National League is really too stuck on. Um, I and uh, and what else? I I know that sixty-man rosters too, which is kind of big because now a lot of these, a lot of teams, a lot of young teams who have really good farm systems, are putting in some of their top prospects, really young players who we've been hearing about three to five years With, are finally kind of getting to be I, able to. I think debut. that's going to be very interesting because
0: the MLB, I think the most out of any sport, you see a lot of these rookies or second year players that explode there at the beginning of their first real MLB season, because pitchers especially just don't know their tendencies and don't know strengths
1: weaknesses so that's going to be very interesting in my eyes especially for a shortened season exactly and it's a very developmental league so and like we were saying earlier like yeah with the short season this is going to be like people they're going to come to play every game you can't you can't in a 60 game season you can't you know have a slump where you you know, in twenty games lose fifteen out of twenty, which actually like happens regularly. You you can't do that in this MLB season and if you do, you're kind of screwed. I think it's gonna be really interesting come playoffs because I think a lot of teams you'll see a lot of the teams in the beginning of the season, like like for example, like the Marlins will have like will win like fifteen out of twenty games or seventeen out of twenty games or something like that and cer- certain teams who are streaky that are not very good could potentially make the playoffs and kind of be this is going to be a very like interesting playoffs for the MLB because you could have a lot of teams who don't normally make it there just because baseball is such a like you you can get in such a slump sometimes without even like realizing what you're doing really And, you know, not play very well. But I I think that the 60 games uh, gives every team an opportunity to potentially do something good. And uh, I don't know. I'm very, very, very excited for this. This this is going to be a really, really interesting season. Usually no one wants to watch mid-July baseball. It's kind of boring. But now I think that Every game is just as important, and I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. This is another sport where the commissioner has come out and said that if they're going to, if they, there's a possibility that they might have to shut down the season halfway through, and especially, especially with this because they're not in a bubble system. They're they're going to be traveling like to everyone's stadiums, and. A lot of teams are considering even having fans in the stands, which could add to potential coronavirus cases. I don't know. It's going to be very, very intriguing. I'm I'm super excited. And and we 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 were talking about this a little bit
0: a little bit before the we started recording, but a lot of a lot of fans are interested to see if if. A player is going to be able to hit 400 this year, and obviously, if if someone do, does so, there's going to be an asterisk next to it. But if if there's going to be anybody that does so, who who do you think would hit hit over 400
1: in this shortened season? Ooh, um, that's a tough one. I think it's really really hard to tell right now. The thing about baseball is it's so it's so like tentative, no one really ever knows like there there could be players who no one's ever heard of, like you said, actually come in and make an impact. I think you have the main players like Mike Trout and Aaron Judge and players like that who who could potentially get to that, but I don't know in this shortened season, it's so hard to tell. I definitely, definitely do not think and this is me personally i i think if you break not break records but if you if you do something like kind of outstanding in baseball standings this year i really don't think it means nearly as much because baseball is you're getting less than half the games here 2.7 of these games equals one regular <laughs> normal MLB that's absurd (laughs) so it it really I really don't think that personal records and personal achievements this year are gonna mean nearly as much because to me the the difference from playing a 70 game season to playing a 162 game season is out is like ridiculous like I think that yeah you're adding essentially more than a hundred games to the season when you when you play a regular n b a season so I really don't think there's really much debate on that situation yeah i think that i think that team wise i think that teams that aren't normally in the running to win a World series aren't normally. You know, I I, I think that there are going to be some very, very interesting teams up there at the top. Are there there any that Um, that you see being a
0: huge sleeper team this year? I mean,
1: I hate to be biased, (laughs) but realistically, I and I'm I've done my research i really 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 do think that the tampa bay rays are going to be the team to beat in the mlb this next year they're in every power rankings i've seen we're top 5 we we made the playoffs last year and took the houston astros to a five game series really put up a fight like even their pitchers said how much fight we have in us and uh the rays are one of those teams who have this we have the number one prospect in all of baseball, Wander Franco. And he is projected to be a rookie this next year and his first year on the major league team. And he is supposed to be like the next coming in baseball. Like he is supposed to be the, the best prospect we've seen in the last 10 years. And he plays for the Rays. And I think that, we're gonna we're gonna be really, really good this year. I think that you know, someone on or ESPN, one of the, the main guys, uh ESPN baseball guys, had the rays, projected the rays to win the World Series. So I think that I think that this could be the year that they surprise some people. You know, we've always I mean, we've been competitive in the last ten years. um you know, I'm not saying that maybe we're a sleeper team, but we are definitely a team that most people don't think or talk about because we're so low profile so not budget, not, a, not a big market not, not a big market at all and i think that that obviously has something to do with it but we're good and i think that i think the rays are a team that are going to surprise some people yeah and
0: and one of the obviously the biggest baseball market in mlb just signed Garrett Cole, the Yankees signing that massive contract with him, a nine years, over three hundred million dollars, and opening opening night has the has the Yankees, which which is going to be projected Garrett Cole uh, starts that game against the Nationals, the reigning reigning champ Nationals, with Max Scherzer on the mound. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great opening night for baseball. And obviously well, right before the NBA starts, that's going to be the first, you know, professional sport to major professional sport to resume. So I think that's gonna be a great opening night for them. It's gonna be very interesting to see Garrett Cole in a Yankees uniform.
1: Yeah, that that's gonna suck. yeah that's for the for the <laughs> rest like of the AL East. I don't like that <laughs> at all. But I I am very excited for the MLB. I, I agree with you. I think that's a great opening day matchup. Uh, this is gonna this is this season. I think will kind of make or break the popularity for the ML, MLB. I mean. Now you still have people staying at home, not doing much. There's really no sports to watch. And obviously the NBA is going to be back. But that's that's kind of a, you know, a, baseball's all day. It's a longer season. I think there's a chance that popularity could rise in this next upcoming year, especially with the fact that every game is kind of going to be, or at least we would hope, to be a little more exciting. So, I don't know, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I think the the Yankees, the 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 Yankees, the Astros, the Rays, the uh I think the Angels, like there there's some teams that I think are going to be really competitive this next year, but you never know. Like with this short of a season, you really never know how competitive players are going to be, how competitive teams are going to be. Um if people are gonna stay healthy. I mean you could literally in an MLB season like in a sixty game season easily be out for the season with some of the injuries these guys have. So I don't know. I'm and, I'm very excited. Yeah, and I think I think
0: the biggest thing, like you said, is that they're not gonna have that that slump that the MLB seems to have midway through the season where players just you know aren't trying as much, possibly, you know, a 162-game season. It's not, not short short by any means. You know, these, <clears throat> these 60 games are going to be in 66 days. So there's not going to be a yeah. lot of time for, you know, layoffs or to take the foot off the gas. So, yeah, no, like you said, this is going to be very, very interesting, very important season for the MLB.
1: Very. I agree. Totally agree. I'm excited for all these sports to get back up and running. I think I'm probably most excited for baseball, and that's probably a super unpopular opinion <laughs> to the rest of the world. But, you know, that's just me. I think that this is going to be a very, very fun year, probably the best summer of all time. After after these last couple of months, I think
0: we all we all deserve that. You know, finally we're getting we're getting yeah. to the final stretch. We're just not even not even a month away until MLB resumes. Just over a month until the NBA is gonna resume. But that's that's really all we had as far as sports goes. I've now I have five. I guess this this is now my my power rankings for the releases of the week. I have five songs that Think everybody should listen to. So, let's get that started. At number five, I have to show love to Dominic Fike. Released a new single this past Friday, called "Chicken Tenders." Ooh, this Chicken tenders. Has such a nice vibe to it. Dominic Fike never misses on a song. It's by far by far one of the most talented artists in music right now and i am so excited to be a part of the rise of dominic fike's career you know he's he's had a few big songs out you know three nights really blew up i think it's over a hundred million it's got to be over a hundred million streams on spotify right now the last time i checked but Nights is a fantastic song. And he's actually from my... He's from Naples, Florida, which I'm from Cape Core, Florida, so very close to one another. But that song was actually about our area, so have to show love to Dominic Fike and the 239 for that. At number four, I have Bankroll Hayden. And this was a very tough choice for me because he did just release an album, so but I have to give Drop a Tear featuring Little Baby, the spot. I I was also considering two other songs out of that album. What you What you on today featuring Polo G was another great one. And this family friendly show, so I won't say the full title, but F with Us was another great one out of that album. And I've been a fan of Bankroll Hayden for a while now, so it's really cool to see these him getting these huge features on this project. So definitely listen to that song. It was very, very chill. So, and I love chill, little Baby. So that was a fantastic song out of that project. But those other two that I mentioned were also great. So number three spot on my weekly power rankings, have to give it to Justin Rari, released a single called Two Seater absolutely fire perfect kind of party song and if you haven't listened to him if you haven't listened to justin rari please do yourself do yourself a favor and listen to his biggest song is probably w2 lazy definitely just a very hype artist like i said perfect artists play for parties and you know those more high energy environments so Definitely have to show love to him for that. And my number two spot, I know it got released over a week ago, but this song is just way too fire not to mention in this list. I have to give love to Smoke Perp. His single with Jack Harlow called Tide Pen. It was absolutely fire. And Smoke Perp released his his album Florida Jet they both absolutely killed this beat which is an also fire beat had a had kind of a karate kid kind of vibe to it had a flute in the background i think i think it was a flute i don't know i don't know but only problem i had with it is just it was it was just hardly 2 minutes long i could have listened to them kill that beat for another minute minute and a half so but that song even though it got released over a week ago, probably my favorite, outside of the song that has this number one spot, probably my favorite song from the last two or three weeks. So, but to mention the number one spot has to be, and I've decided top song of every week is going to be called the "Who's Got Next?" Golden Seal have to give it to the "What's Poppin'" remix. So good, so Tucker. good. Jack Harlow, featuring DaBaby, Tory Lanes, and Lil Wayne. Jack Harlow
1: doesn't get better than that. It
0: was Jack Harlow is blowing up so fast, and this was such a dope lineup for him, who's def- who's a new artist who's blown up very fast with with the original "What's Popping." I checked last night and it has close to 300 million streams on Spotify. And that's really, really cool for him to, you know, get DaBaby on the song. I'm going to kind of give a rundown. Really cool for him to have DaBaby, who's probably been the most popular name in rap for the last year or two.
1: Yeah. Probably. You know,
0: every other song he releases makes it on the top charts. Tory Lanes, who in my eyes will always be underrated. And I will never understand why. He's one of, if not the most versatile rapper in the industry right now. You can listen to him really any in any mood, chill or hype. And you know, he snaps on the song. Probably, well, I'll give I'll give my rankings of who had the best verse at the end, but also really have to shout out jack harley for getting lil wayne on this track it it, yeah,
1: was, it was just crazy. yeah
0: it was just so dope for you know for someone like jack who's you know making his name known in the industry to have an og like lil wayne one of the greatest to ever do it to be featured on your track a lot of people even though a lot of people have been saying that lil wayne's verse was trash but it was absolutely firing my eyes and everyone had a good had a good verse, if not great verse. So let me just let me just rank them if I had to, even though like I said, they were all good, if not great, verses. Number four, probably have to give that to baby. Number three is probably Lil Wayne. And then two was Tori and one was Jack. Because Especially sure. because, you know, a lot of a lot of when these artists come out with these remixes to songs that blow up, they like to keep their the same verse, not really change much, and then just throw another big name artist on a song. And they're then the, that artist song or that artist is 30 seconds long. But Jack Harlow completely changed his verse while keeping the same hook. You know, cuz
1: which is yeah. yeah, really like,
0: good. It's so catchy. Come on. Like what's popping. But but he he, you know, started the song just coming out with absolute heat. So, definitely have to give him that number 1 spot. Let me just and before we before we close, I just want to show more love to Jack Carlo because he's becoming one of my favorite names in rap right now definitely listen to his other albums. If you haven't, I just start, or I, I listened to them after hearing what's poppin when I first heard it a couple months back, but if he came out with a short little seven track project in March, that has some bangers and his confetti project that he released last year is probably my favorite by him. Probably has my favorite song by him outside of what's poppin, which is Warsaw, but definitely, definitely listen to his other tracks if you haven't only heard if you've only heard what's popping because he's a very very fire artist and a very underrated l- artist lyrically so yeah i totally agree yeah. he's he's coming he's coming up very fast and this this remix is only going to solidify that which i ex- fully expect for it to blow up very soon because it's already i mean i've already been seeing people post it on instagram about how fire it is, which it is. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. Riley Shepard, Bryce Wyatt, so happy to be back. And make sure to stay tuned (laughs) throughout the week for more updates. We have a lot of big news coming soon. Some possible guest stars, which I'm very excited about. I've been in contact with a lot of people to guest star on the show so make sure to stay tuned for that but that's going to be that's going to do it for this episode riley Shepard, bryce wyatt and we will see you all next week